This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks presents True Crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. It's 12.17 a.m. in the morning. How are you doing? You hanging in there with me? You ready to get into some terrifying true crime tales? Yeah, I'm starting to get a little delirious, so I think we need to speed up this short on time. It's what they're all about, being short on time. It's bedtime. Well, in my opinion, we do our best work when we're delirious. So I'm a little excited for it. But I am there with you. I am short on time. I know that you're short on time. Our listeners are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Stop talking. That's what the Monday episodes are for. Let's jump on into it. So this week is my week. This is like a breaking news case. It just happened a couple of days ago. What do you say? Should we go ahead and just jump on into it? Yeah, I think when I was looking over your show notes, I don't know that I've seen this, but maybe once you tell me about it, maybe, but some of the things don't look familiar. Yeah. And I got to tell you, when I was researching this case, I knew it's going to be high on my deadbolt test. So I know we'll talk about it a little bit later as we get into it, but I'm wondering if you're going to be along the same lines with me uh, or if I'm alone in this, but I don't know. I'm ready to jump in. Should we just get into the, uh, get into the details? Yeah. Tell me what you got this week. All right. So this week we are heading to Newton, Massachusetts to discuss a developing story. Gilda Diamore, 73, and her husband Bruno, 74, were scheduled to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. And to make it special, they were planning on renewing their vows in a celebration at Our Lady Help of Christian's Church. But Gilda and Bruno never showed up for the renewal. Now, people who knew the couple were immediately concerned and a friend went to check on them. And it was then a shocking discovery was made. Bruno, Gilda, and Gilda's 97-year-old mother, Lucia Arpino, had been murdered. All three had been beaten and stabbed to death inside the couple's Broadway Street home. The attack had taken place in the wee hours of the morning on June 25th, 
2023. So we're recording this episode on the 29th. This happened four days ago as of the date of this recording. Oh, yeah. That's why I haven't seen this. I haven't. This hasn't come across my social media. Yeah, I just saw it today and started diving in. I was like, this is crazy. So as the police started to investigate the brutal scene, they discovered that someone had broken in through the basement. It appeared that a screen had been pulled out and a window was opened. And there were obvious signs of a struggle. Furniture had been broken and a crystal paperweight was found covered in blood. Additionally, footprints were found inside the home along with fingerprints on the windows and doorknobs. And the craziest thing is that the entire attack seemed to be a completely random act of violence. The police continued their investigation and they began reaching out to the neighbors to see if their security cameras may have caught a glimpse of the Diamores killer. Now, while reviewing footage from a particular camera, they noticed a man walking near the Diamore home at around 5.20 a.m. on Sunday morning. He was shirtless, barefoot, and he seemed to be staggering down the street. And immediately, the police recognized the man. It was Christopher Ferguson. Now, police were familiar with Ferguson from previous run-ins, and it's believed that Ferguson actually lived at a residence that is only less than a mile from the victim's home. However, there doesn't seem to be any known connection between Ferguson and the Diamores. Now, he was arrested immediately and charged with only one count of murder. Now, at this time, he's only facing that one count because an autopsy was done on Gilda Diamore, and it was determined that her death was a homicide. Gilda had suffered more than 30 stab and blunt force trauma injuries, and the majority of the blows were dealt to her head and body. Now, prosecutors are expecting to file additional charges once the autopsy of Bruno Diamore and Lucia Arpino are complete. Additionally, the footprints that were found at the scene were a match to Christopher Ferguson. Now, according to a neighbor of the suspect, Ferguson struggles with mental health issues. And in that interview that I was reading in the article, he was kind of talking about family and friends had tried to give him the services that they needed, but it was just very obvious that he still needed help. There was still something going on. Yeah. Now, shortly after his arrest, Ferguson was arraigned and his lawyer entered a plea of not guilty. His next court date is scheduled for July 25th. Now, meanwhile, the community is grieving the loss of its members. The Diamores had three grown children. They were dedicated to their church and to serving others. And prior to the pandemic, Lucia Arpino, who was in her 90s, never missed a 10 a.m. mass. I was also reading that in her 90s, she was participating in parades for the church. So she would be walking, you know, neighborhood streets, cheering, being there like she was a pillar of that that church. She's a good Catholic. Yeah. And needless to say, their violent murders have left the town and the people in it completely shocked. So that's this week's short on time case. Olivia, what are you thinking? Where's your head at? This is devastating. And I'm just going to jump right into the deadbolt test and say it's a 10. Yes, I knew it because I'm a 10 too. Yeah, you just don't know. Like I try to speak to all my neighbors that I see. I try to, you know, be friendly, but you just never know. You just never know. Yeah, for me, it was oh. heartbreaking because these people are in their 70s, right? They're Yeah, they're old and harmless and defenseless. You've had three grown children. You're about to celebrate 50 years of being married. It's got to seem like all the real hard stuff is behind you. 
you know, for the most part. Like, I know people get yeah. older and they get sick and stuff like that. But, like, when you're in your 70s, I mean, you've lived an entire life of experience, right? Not yeah. not to mention Lucia, who is in her 90s, you know? And then just one day, somebody decides, like, there's an open window. They didn't lock this window. And it's the complete randomness of it that is absolutely terrifying to me. Yep. Same. Agreed. Ditto. 10 out of 10. Random. Scary. I love all my neighbors. Yeah, but do you know everyone who lives within a mile radius of you? Heck no. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And I will tell you, as I was researching this case, I was like, this is the reason that this show is called Check the Locks. The reason I check my door five more times, even though I know my house alarm is set and all my doors are locked, I'm probably going to go downstairs and do that again before I go to bed. Yeah. And my heart just. Thanks, John. No, no. I mean, you're welcome. But my my <laughs> heart just breaks for their children. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've probably lived in this community forever and probably felt safe. And, you know, if it was an unlocked window, it was probably because they were like, no one's going to break in here. From my understanding, Newton is like a pretty middle class, like decent neighborhood in, in Massachusetts. So if you've lived your whole life there and established roots there, you would probably feel safe, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. something like that isn't supposed to happen, let alone happen to people of that age because you're just you're automatically more vulnerable you know and it's just right. it's terrible well this one's definitely terrifying and i'm interested to see how this pans out and once the autopsies are complete if he gets charged with two more counts of murder i sure hope so for the sake of their families because i can't imagine that they would think it would be anybody else but um i'm interested to see how this unfolds yeah i'm there with you i definitely think the other two charges are coming once the autopsies are complete but I'm really also interested in finding out if he left any kind of DNA because you've got the footprints. He was walking barefoot. So you've got the footprints, mm-hmm. but I want something solid. I want to be like, this is your hair. This is your blood. Like somebody managed to cut you or something. Yeah. yeah. Something was in there. But that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time episode. Olivia and I coming in at a pair of tens. But as always, we want to know. Where does this random act of violence fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you and spend some time with you. And as always, if you like the show, you like what we're doing, and you do want to financially support us, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Get signed up today. We got a bunch of great tiers. We got exclusive stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, a whole bunch of stuff you can only get for being a patron. So if you're digging what we do, you want to throw us a couple bucks every month. Patreon is the best way to do that. We would love your support. And if you can't support the show financially, we definitely understand. We say it every week, but just listening, sharing the show with your friends and family, letting them know about this weird little true crime podcast helps just as much, if not more. So if that is you, You're showing up every week. You're letting people know that you listen. Just know that from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate it more than we could ever tell you. Again, that's going to help us get into other shows recommendations, help more people find it. And again, all we want to do is grow this community. So if that is you, again, sincere thank you. We greatly appreciate it. That is all that we have for this week's case. But please remember, subscribe to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with another truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Go check your locks, everybody. Check them.